How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama. Oh my mama made it, man. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. Especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth you probably should pay him but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King. Locked on trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah blah. No more Geno time. We watching Jay do the Zaza. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your almost daily routine this week. We took the long weekend off, you know, chilling out. Uh, It's the end of the season. We're kind of cruising into the offseason now. So we, the Rain and Jays, John Corrales and Jay King, three-day work week here on the podcast. Uh, Jay, how you feeling? Refreshed? Ready to go? I literally spent the entire weekend in my bed. <laughs> I, I, watched, I watched five episodes of Silicon Valley. I watched the first full season of Peaky Blinders. I watched an absurd amount of TV, and now I'm ready to go. I'm ready to podcast, man. <laughs> I love when basketball writers have nothing to do. It's almost like they don't know what to do with themselves. You just, what, what, what do I do? I have all this free time. I, I watched hockey last night. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Today on the show, we're going to be talking about Markel Fultz having a conversation with Danny Ainge, Jalen Brown having a conversation with Danny Ainge, and silly Isaiah Thomas trade talk. All of this is brought to you today by our friends at Zip Recruiter. It's the easiest way to get your job posted on all the relevant job sites. We've got a special on that coming up, and also locally. By the good folks at Boston Paintball, we have a great deal for you. Summer is here. It's time to go out there and shoot paintballs at people. But it's a lot of fun, and it's a lot different than you think. we got a deal on that coming up. So, Jay, let's just dive into the silliest part first and get this out of the way. There's been this little discussion going on about Isaiah Thomas, and it's mostly Twitter-fueled, and I hopped into it last night in a fit of boredom, and I was just sitting there. I I really should not have Twitter open while I'm bored because it just encourages (laughs) me to jump into things. I should not have even participated in the conversation, but I did, and so let's just kind of get out there. This the thought, the the thought exercise of Isaiah Thomas and a potential 
the outside potential of him getting traded at some point during the season. You wrote about yeah, it, I, so why don't you start it off? Yeah, I, I, I think people, the reasons people started talking about it, I, it became a topic of discussion during the Cleveland series when the Celtics had that game and a half when they were good without him. Um, and Tim Cato over at SB Nation wrote about it. Tom Ziller at SB Nation wrote about it. Tim Bontemps for the Washington Post wrote about it. So it was like smart people writing about Isaiah Thomas's future. Um, I think I think the the reason it became a topic was because he has one year left on his on his deal. And I, I think the biggest reason it became a topic was because the Celtics have been so outspoken about the fact that they want to win a championship, and that's their only goal. And Isaiah Thomas has already proven he can come in third in the NBA in scoring, and he can be a second-team All-NBA, and he can lead his team to the Eastern Conference Finals as the best player on that team. What he hasn't proven is that he can play on a team that wins a title, and obviously nobody on the Celtics has, and and there was a, a huge huge gulf between the Celtics and the Cavaliers this year. Um, but I, I think that's where it stems from. And and it stems from the fact that the Cavaliers and Warriors are so much better right now than everybody else. And people are wondering, can the Celtics get better enough to challenge the Cavaliers and then the Warriors while Isaiah Thomas is in his prime over the next four or five years, whatever that may be, and whether if he's not that if, – if they don't contend during that prime – uh, the Celtics will be obviously in a, with potentially huge luxury taxpayers over the course of that contract, whatever. Uh, I, I don't think it's even really much of a discussion. He's a second-team All-NBA guy. He's 28 years old. He's always gotten better. Um, and and to me, like whatever issues you have about him, it, it's not really about him. He had an incredible year. He had really an awesome, awesome season. And it's funny because a lot of the same people who would say trade Isaiah are the same people who are saying max out Gordon Hayward and bring him in. <laughs> and it's like there's there's a disconnect there, whereas Isaiah Thomas had a better season than Gordon Hayward and is just a, a year older than Gordon Hayward. So I don't, I don't know. There's just a disconnect there. And a lot of it, I think, is just because he's five foot nine. And because he's five foot nine, there will always be doubts about whether he can defend and this and that. But yeah, I, I don't think there's m- much of a thought of of moving him. And obviously, at some point, the Celtics could pivot in a future direction and, and pivot toward Jalen Brown and Markel Fultz and that. I don't think that's out of the question. But I just think, like, for right now, you try to chase after Hayward. You try to add talent around those guys and see what happens in the near future. They just made the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I don't care how much better the Cavs were this year. If you get Isaiah Thomas healthy, if you add another star in free agency, if you get Hayward, or and if you go out and use some of those assets to get a, another star even, then, boom, you're in business. And, and maybe that, that Cavalier series isn't so lopsided anymore. So I don't think it's a real discussion he's the guy's second team all nba like it's crazy and i i think if he was any taller than five foot nine nobody would be having any of these thoughts yeah i think that's legitimate it's it i think the biggest fear is the 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 one line that everybody uses is short people's games don't age well which is 
a legitimate fear because Isaiah is constantly getting hit. He's constantly hitting the ground. And he has had injuries. The hip is a problem that could keep him out. He, he, if he has to get surgery, he probably will miss a part of the regular season coming up. He's had... I don't know. That, that's a while away. That is a while away. But if you have hip surgery <laughs> for... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what hip surgery does. I don't know what it would mean. I, I, I don't... There, there is a, I, I have read a little bit about surgery to repair the labrum in the hip, and there is a scenario in which it takes three to six months to recover. So that's, that's a, a potential thing. But, I mean, it's not, it's not going to take away half his season, but it's, it, the possibility exists. He's had injuries before, and the more he falls, the more likely he is to get hurt. That's just a thing. Now, does that... Does prior short person durability apply to Isaiah Thomas? Not necessarily. And there's also the potential for his uh, his contract becoming a, a, an issue. That's really he is due six point two million <laughs> in the weirdest. I keep bringing it up, but he gets a pay cut after making All NBA, second team All NBA. He gets a pay cut next year, but. He'll get a big pay raise after that. And the question is, what will he do next season? Let's assume that he, everything's fine. He comes back healthy. Will he have another second-team All-NBA season? If he does, then he gets a huge payday. If he steps backwards a little bit, then then the the questions really show up. How much does he get paid? You know, I know he said back up the Brinks truck, but is he going to get a max contract? Whatever. I think those two things, the potential max contract and having to pay either Avery Bradley or Marcus Smart coming up, those things kind of play into it. And and that's why I said, I don't expect it. I don't think it'll happen. I'm certainly not advocating for it. But I can see a scenario in which the Celtics take a look at all of their finances and say, this is a way we want to go, or we will explore the possibility of an Isaiah Thomas trade, especially if Markel Fultz is so good that they think Fultz plus smart, and you get you you know, you move Isaiah for picks down the line and players to shore up a bench. Then, but but why why would you keep Fultz and Smart instead of Fultz and the best player on the team? I, I'm just it's talking strictly financial. Like if you if you sit there and think that uh, you're not willing to pay a luxury tax, or you're not willing to pay uh, Isaiah three, four, five years out, then I can I can understand if the Celtics decided to make that move. Now, but on the other side of that, he's making six million dollars. Depending on what moves they make, are, are they going to be in a? a a salary cap matching situation, in which case that makes trading Isaiah Thomas extremely difficult because he's not a $6 million player. He's worth a lot more than that. And matching salaries is going to require the types of player. It's going to be really, it's going to be difficult because you'll have to send out salary to get back the equivalent in what Isaiah is worth. So that really, really, really complicates things. I agree with you. Of course. Yeah. Keep Markel Fultz and your best player. But I'm just looking at it strictly from a financial standpoint. The Celtics could easily say, we don't care about the finances. We'll pay that luxury tax, and we'll pay the repeater tax, and in which case, it's a moot, a moot point. None of it matters. 
So that that's really the driving force behind this. It's just it's mostly money and the tough decisions financially that the Celtics may face. That's why I can see a scenario that plays out that way. That's all. And and I do think if the Celtics get championship level good, then ownership will be willing to pay whatever. You know, like like if they get to that level, then then I don't think luxury tax will be an issue. I, I think I think those guys will say, you know what, we have a championship core. Let's keep this championship core for a long time because it's young and it's sustainable, and let's do it. it it's if they stay in the place they are now, which yes, they made the Eastern Conference Finals, but really like they were on the same level as Toronto. They were, they were on the same level as Washington, and and then it's like okay, we're a top four team where we could finish anywhere between second and third round, whatever, uh, but we're not a real championship contender, that's when the question comes in, how much do we want to pay for this roster and who do we want to pay? Um, and obviously they're going to make need to make some roster concessions at some point because this roster, right now it's it's really cheap, it's really young. It ain't going to be cheap for much longer. Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Isaiah Thomas, those guys will be up for contracts soon. Kelly Olynyk will be up this this summer. Um, if they sign a guy like Gordon Hayward, that's another max contract, another guy that they'll have to clear room for. So it's like this, this roster that right now is really cheap, really, really affordable. Their roster has a lot of financial flexibility for this summer. Next summer, it ain't going to be the same. It ain't going to be like that anymore. Um, so they'll have a lot of decisions. It's amazing how many right decisions you can make and still have so many difficult ones as, as an NBA GM it, it's incredible like four straight years three or four straight years of great moves from Danny Ainge and all it's done is put him in like yes they're a great position but they're still way behind Cleveland way behind Golden State and they need to they need to figure out the toughest step right now and maybe that's maybe that's draft Markel Fultz and he becomes a star but who knows I, I don't think there's an obvious next step right now for the Celtics because I don't think even adding Gordon Hayward and Markel Fultz makes them a contender to Cleveland next year. It's it's an extremely difficult job building a championship team, even with everything that Danny Ainge has done. It's a very difficult job. It's very difficult to get the right people in the right place. And unfortunately, there's no basketball zip recruiter to help him out. But there you go. That was <laughs> for everybody else. There is a zip recruiter. And you, in your Danny Ainge position at work, don't have to go through all of Danny Ainge's stuff. All you have to do to get the right people in the right place and find the top talent is go to ZipRecruiter.com. You can find all the best candidates by going and posting your job to one site. And you, when you post it to ZipRecruiter, they do the rest of the work for you. ZipRecruiter is your staff. They post to all the other job sites, a hundred plus of of those other job sites with one click, and then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your position. And that's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the candidates finding you. It goes out and finds them. Eighty percent of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just twenty four hours. That is high efficiency. That's analytics, folks. That pays off. No juggling emails. No getting those phone calls that really annoy you. Screen, rate, manage all your candidates in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. And you can find out today for free 
why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes nationwide. You can start forming your own winning team by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-Celtics. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-Celtics. You can try it free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-Celtics. I'm sure Danny Ainge would love to have ZipRecruiter.com slash should I trade these guys, but he doesn't, so we'll have to see. He has, however, spoken to Markel Fultz multiple times. Markel telling ESPN today that he has talked to Danny Ainge. Quote, I've talked to Danny a few times, and they want to get me to come out there for a visit. They just want a chance to get to know me better as a person. I want to be the number one pick really bad. It's been a dream of mine since I was a little kid, and I feel like I would fit well in Boston. So that's nice, and this is the type of thing that is news this time of year. Danny Ainge, with the number one pick, has spoken to the guy that's probably going to be the number one pick a couple of times. <laughs> that's, that's news. And we, and we already knew that he, they had spoken together at the Combine. Yeah, and, and, so, and but, apparently but, they've spoken since. Like, but it is notable that Markel Fultz said he wants to be number one because Lonzo Ball has gone out of his way to say, I will not work out for the Celtics. I'd rather go to the Lakers. Um, and because they have the Celtics have Isaiah Thomas, the Celtics have Avery Bradley. It's not like like for a number one pick, you normally go in and it it's almost your team. Like teams that normally get the number one pick are so bad that guys go in and automatically the team is built around them. And obviously it's not built to win right away, but you go in there, you're gonna get your touches, you're gonna get your minutes, everything is is kind of you are the center of everything. <laughs> whoever the Celtics pick and I, I do think it will be Markel Fultz it's not going to be like that if Markel Fultz gets drafted by the Celtics he will probably come off the bench and he will probably back up Isaiah Thomas who was second team all NBA and and so, so I, I think it is notable that he said I want to play for those guys I think I'm a great fit I, I think I, I fit really well next to Isaiah Thomas and I mean, we'll see if those guys do fit well together. I, I think they could absolutely coexist. I think it's very nice to have two playmakers. I think the fact that Markel Fultz is a 40-plus percent three-point shooter bodes well for the fact that he can play off ball. I think the fact that he's 6'4 with a 6'10 wingspan suggests he should be able to guard two guards, which is obviously important next to five foot two Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> um, so, but, but yeah, I mean, th- this isn't a huge deal. It's it's just a top prospect saying I would like to play for the Celtics, and I, I do think he is significantly better than all other prospects. Like, this is the guy that the Celtics have centered on, I believe, since the middle of the college season, and and they they think he is potential All Star and and potential long time All Star. So this this guy is a, he's the real deal as a prospect. The Celtics should be really, really excited about getting this kid. I, I would assume that they are. Look, it's a point, yeah. <laughs> it's a point guards league, and he's he is a, he has that ability to play both guard positions. So he if if someday he's playing alongside Isaiah Thomas, perfect. If some points in the games in this upcoming season is playing with, uh, alongside Isaiah Thomas, fine. That's that's great. I think it's a perfect situation for a guy like Fultz to be in. On so many different levels. First of all, no pressure. He'll get the appropriate amount of minutes. And we'll get to Jalen Brown in in a minute here. But Jalen said today that 
he liked his situation. And a lot of people say the only way you learn is to uh, go out there and just do it, which that's, that's a way to learn. But there's no only way. You can learn from making mistakes, sitting down, and then talking about those mistakes with the coaching staff, with the other players, the veterans on the team. Fultz is a Washington kid. He's going to be playing behind a Washington guy. So immediately there's going to be a camaraderie. So Isaiah Thomas is going to take Fultz completely under his wing because he's got his alma mater there. He definitely wants the kid to succeed, and he wants this team to be its best. So you've got that dynamic already happening. You've got no pressure. He can come off the bench. If he earns starting minutes, great. Then he earns starting minutes. But he will earn those minutes. And he has an opportunity to learn alongside a second-team all-NBA guy who will teach him tricks, who will teach him the different nuances of the game, how to prepare yourself for travel, how to prepare yourself for the media, those, those nuanced things that go beyond just playing between the lines. And he's got a great coaching staff. There, there are only, what, maybe one or two other coaching staffs, probably just one, the San Antonio Spurs, that you would want a guy to walk into so he can learn the NBA. So I, I can't imagine many better situations for a guy like Fultz because he's definitely going to get minutes in Boston, but he's not going to be just so thrown to the wolves that it's going to be potentially... I don't know, damaging, for lack of a better term. Although that's not exactly the right word, but I don't know what the right word is at the moment. I, I wouldn't say it's no pressure, because number one pick comes with pressure. You you are expected to be But good. not in this you situation. Expected, yeah, oh, oh, still in this situation. Number one pick, absolutely. Like, Jalen Brown, even for number three pick, because of the draft the way it was, where you had... You had the one, you had the two, and then there was supposed to be a drop-off. Like Jalen Brown came to Boston with lowered expectations, especially for number three pick. Number one pick, Markel Fultz is not coming in with lower expectations. Yes, he, he will come in, and nobody will expect him to start. Nobody will expect him to score 20 points a game. But still, he, he will be expected to show legitimate signs of stardom. And and there there's a, a, a big amount of pressure there, no matter what. And I, I think... To your point, Danny, I think Danny Ainge does does a really nice job of, of being honest with the press. He's already told us that that he doesn't expect the number one pick to come in and have a huge impact on their team's success right away. And obviously, like like a lot of guys come in and score a lot of points right away, or a lot of guys come in and, and get their stats, but but it's different when to impact winning. And I I, I think to, to your point, like like Jalen Brown learned how to impact winning this year. Jalen Brown learned how to become a better defender. Jalen Brown learned how to get himself on the court for a playoff team to, to prove that he was in he should be in the rotation. I think in a different scenario, Jalen Brown might have developed differently. Like like imagine if he'd gone to Brooklyn, the team that he was supposed to go to, if if they had kept the pick and and gotten tons of touches and been on the court no matter how many times he screwed up defensively. Like, like maybe he doesn't develop as much defensively. Maybe he develops a, a, a wider offensive array of skills. I, I don't know. Like, like there are different ways to develop, and I, I think to develop as a winner, to develop as as a guy who is going to right away like impact the team. Jalen Brown came to a fine situation, but I think for maybe like expanding his game and testing the limits 
and and maybe being more inefficient, but like finding different ways to 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 be offensively. I, I think you know he would have been better off somewhere else. So it, it's it's weird like that. And Brad Stevens has always said like the biggest part of development is what happens off the court, and guys need to earn like like Jalen Brown for example. He he got post touches right away because he showed he was a, a good post player and he he could be successful in the post. He never like ran pick and rolls. He never did other stuff that a lot of high lottery picks would do because he wasn't good enough to do that on that team. Um, maybe in a different situation he did that more often and he w- would have become more comfortable with that. So maybe Markel Fultz, maybe playing behind Isaiah Thomas would limit him a little bit or at least limit showing what he could do right away uh, but I, I do think like like you said like impacting winning and learning how to win and learning defense like defense is a problem right now for Markel Fultz it's not what he does best I think playing under Brad Stevens and playing for a team that will win 50 plus games and compete for the number one seed like you're going to learn how to play D Jalen Brown is already <laughs> coming out and like like saying I want to see how that guy plays defense I know he's great offensively but like already, <laughs> Jalen Brown is tweaking his defense. So it, it, it it'll be interesting to see how how ultimately Jalen Brown develops, and and whether he will learn to like, like expand his game and, and and kind of earn Brad Stevens' trust, and how long that takes to continue earning more and more responsibilities. Yeah, but one thing that we never really talk about when we say these guys need to go out and play and learn. While game minutes are different than practice minutes, practice is like Markel Fultz is going to have to guard Isaiah Thomas in practice every day. He's going to have to be on a team that plays against the starting five from the Eastern Conference Finals. So he does. Yeah, but but they don't have much practices, many practices. Like you get into the season, you have 82 games, you're playing back to backs. Like there really isn't much time for that. Once you get into the thing, yeah, in training camp, yes, absolutely, hundred percent. In summer, over the summer, like when they're in Waltham before training camp, yes, but they don't have too many like full practices once the season gets going. Normally, they're pretty quick. It's like scouting report stuff, kind of light, and and then they're out of there. So I, I don't know how much like being on a team like that will actually impact him as far as practice goes. I still think you still have to go out there and face those guys, whether it's individual workouts, you have to, you know, those guys are with you or you're, you're playing them in drills or, or different things like that. There, there are ways to learn that and, don't yeah. necessarily involve going out there and facing, you know, John Wall or Kyrie Irving or, you know, Ky, Kyle Lowry or somebody. And seeing the habits, like just seeing what Isaiah Thomas does every single day. How, how he treats his body, how he works out, how he goes about things. Like, there is, a, I think, a serious benefit in, in seeing that example and following that example. And I think a lot of the best cultures in, in sports have shown, like, if you're in that culture, you have a better chance of reaching your peak. Yeah. And like, like the Spurs, like, yes, they turn out great players who a lot of people don't expect them to. And I think part of that is scouting, but part of that is they're shown every day the example of what it takes to be great and what it takes to maximize your skill set. And, and then boom, you get a Kyle, Kawhi Leonard and, and boom, then you get a Danny green who was like a fringe NBA player who 
became a, a legitimate starter. And and you get a lot of guys like that where where they feed into the the culture and and learn from it, and it kind of helps maximize them. So so that's what the Celtics are trying to build, and that's what that's what they're trying to grow and foster, and and hopefully for them that will make an impact with guys like Jalen Brown, Markel Fultz to see that and and to work like like the guys who are already in there work, and and start to maximize and improve and all that. So I, I like I like that opportunity for uh, Markel Fultz to go in there, hang out with these guys, have some fun. One thing they can do to have fun is go a, as a team and go play paintball, which would be that was another smooth one, another smooth one. Thank you, man. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm looking forward to doing this, and I think we should do a raining jays thing. I'm looking forward to going to Boston paintball because. It's one of those kind of outings that if you are putting together a bachelor party, a birthday party, a Father's Day thing that's coming up, any of these kind of big gatherings, you're trying to figure out what to do. Not a lot of people think about paintball, but you should, and you're going to be the, uh, the, the, the pride of the party, let's say. You can go out there with the guys, with the girls, the whole family. It doesn't matter because paintball is not exactly that thing that it was, you know, 20 years ago with like the Rambo face paint headband. Go out there and just like shoot like you're, you're, you know, one of those first blood Rambo movies. So, you, you know, I didn't know how much paintball has changed, but I'm telling you, Boston Paintball promises that you will, in fact, be loved by everyone. For your creativity in choosing that as an activity, there's three different versions of the paintball to choose from. Kids as young as eight years old are playing, and they playing this Splatmaster for the eight plus uh, the eight plus crowd. There's a low impact classic paintball for players who are ten plus, and then there's private group play available for uh, at three locations across Massachusetts that give you all a different playing experience. There's indoor and night play in Chelsea. There is outdoor competition and woods ball fields in Maynard. Or, I keep saying this is going to be my favorite and I have to go experience, the 23-building apocalyptic cityscape in Ashland, complete with a hospital, an airplane, and an army deuce. That is amazing. I cannot wait to go see it in person. If any of you guys are out there doing this, send us pictures. Tweet us pictures from Boston Paintball and show me because I've never seen it. I'm just reading this and I gotta gotta see it in action. Boston Paintball owned by and operated by Celtics fans. So by all means, go and, and frequent this local business. Keep your money in the Boston area in Massachusetts. With Celtics season ticket holders, they got their start over on Causeway Street in the shadows of the old Boston Garden back in 1992. Been part of the good times for over 1 million players ever since. They're leaders in the industry. You can trust your kids, your special occasions, and your memories to to Boston Paintball. Go to bostonpaintball.com. Book a game with the coupon code GREEN. You'll get $50 off a group package. So let them know that you, you heard about them through the Locked On Celtics podcast by going to base, bostonpaintball.com, bostonpaintball.com. Use the coupon code GREEN, and you will get $50 off a group package. Awesome. I can't wait to go see that. Okay. I talked to a kid I used to play <laughs> pickup with all the time this weekend, 
and he is a professional paintball player. Get a professional. There's professional Pro- everything, man. It's literally what he does for his full time job. He plays for the San Diego Dynasty, I think it's called. <laughs> and he's, he's he he said amazing. he's going to France, like he's going to Germany. He's going all over the world playing paintball, and that's what he does as a job. Holy shit, that's amazing! Yeah, I used to I used to whip his ass in basketball too. <laughs> so bad that he he took up a different profession, and now <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Couldn't get past Jay King on the court, so he decided to go take up paintball, and the rest is history. If, if you can't get past Jay King on the court, you need to take up something else. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, nobody's getting past Jalen Brown on the court if he has anything to say about it. Uh, Adam Himmelsbach in the Globe has a, a little piece on Jalen going into talk to Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens about the upcoming summer. And Danny Ainge said, Jalen came into my office and said, I'm playing this summer. And I said, okay, tell me what's on your mind. And he pretty much said, well, I don't want anybody to think that I'm not ready right now. I'm ready to play and I'm ready to win, which seems like a nice cordial conversation. But in my head, I'm hoping – like, I want to picture it like Jalen Brown kicked the door in and walked up to Danny and just said, I'm playing this summer. And just kind of – The funny thing about that is they have second-year players play in it every year. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, Danny Ainge was like, so yeah, you were going to play anyway. But it was, it's nice – it's nice to hear. Yeah, it's nice. The whole point of this piece, if you haven't read it, it's in the Globe. The, the whole thing is that Jalen is anxious to get back out there and play and show the Celtics in Summer League that he's ready to take that next step and to maybe put forth some of the things that he's learned, apply some of the lessons that he's learned, maybe try some new new moves, try a couple of new wrinkles to his game. This is the time, and I've heard, I forget who said it recently, but practice is the time where, I mean, not practice, I'm sorry, summer is the time where you really get better because, like you said earlier, Jay, there's not a ton of practicing during the season. Summer is when you add a step back or a floater or one of those other things that guys seem to work on in their in their games. This is the time where you you pick a thing to work on and you do it incessantly until it becomes a new thing in your game. So it's on the surface it's not like this is groundbreaking stuff, but it's a nice sign that Jalen is anxious and then he's going to the Celtics brass and saying, I want to do this rather than just disappearing and kind of showing up or waiting to be told where to go. He's taking charge, man. Like I said, like summer league, I'm interested to see whether he can expand his game. Will, will he be taking off the dribble shots? Will he be running pick and rolls? How, how, how much more controlled does he seem off the dribble? Like after a full year where he was really in a role and his role was finish Occasionally get post touches, try to play defense, be an athlete. Now, you know, in summer league, he's going to be able to try to try to expand that and see what he can do. And I, I, I'm interested to see how he's grown and and what else maybe he'll be able to do because he's shown at the very least he'll be a valuable role player and he'll be really athletic, obviously, and he'll be strong and he'll be able to score in the post. He'll be able to do all the things I just said. But how much more is there to Jalen Brown, or will there be to Jalen Brown? So I, I think I think we'll get a glimpse of some of the other stuff he might be able to do 
come this summer. Just yeah. a, just a, a month and a, a week, really. Yeah, which so it's interesting because that's it starts really soon. So what what's he going to be able to to unveil? What's he going to be able to work on? You know, you go out there through summer league, and basically from July first or so until July seventeenth, because the, the there's Orlando first, but they're not participating in Orlando. They do Utah and Las Vegas. So they've got basically two weeks or so at the beginning of July to go and do this. And then it's off. They're off on their own. He's going to go. Maybe he goes back to hang out with Jimmy Butler or whatever. But he'll he'll have a lot to work on. I'm very curious to see what he thinks his priority is. I know the Celtics need a creator. They need a guy to score. And will Jalen come out in Utah and in Las Vegas trying to create off the dribble? Will he try to add some of those face-up, crossover type moves and and work that way? I, I'm not sure exactly what he thinks the priority is. But I, I think one thing, it's he needs to... He needs to pick a thing, though, to work on, as opposed to just being more athletic than than these guys. Because I think in summer league he has the potential to just be better than most of these players. And if he's just going out there and just being better, that doesn't really help much. I want to see him working on, you know, his left driving left or backing people down and. You know, a little shimmy, step away, Kobe Bryant type fadeaway shot, or something like that. I want to see a specific thing <laughs> that he's trying to work. Going, going straight to the shimmy, step away, Kobe Bryant. I don't know. I'm just it's something, something <laughs> okay. to take advantage well, of his athleticism. You know, if if you could pick one thing he could work on to show more of that summer league, what would it be? I I would like to see. It's just some some creativity facing up off of the dribble, but the I want to see him read a defender. So he can be more athletic than people, but I want to see him set defenders up and either stop and pop and pull up for a ten footer or do like a you know figure out like a hesitation move and that, that can get him to the rim like like Isaiah, which lofty goals, Isaiah's hesitation move. But some creativity off of the dribble that shows that he can read a defender and figure out when to go, when to when to pull up, and demonstrates the ability to set that defender up to get what he wants. Yeah. That makes sense. I I think there's there's more there for him off the dribble. I think he wasn't wasn't great at at reading the defense, like you said. I think he didn't know when to attack. Um, so th- there's a whole level there. I, I think one area where he could become really good really quickly is in the post and, and the mid post, and I think he could be devastated if he if he works a little face up game in, into this post action. Like he could be really really tough to guard down there. Uh, so I'm interested to see how much more he expands his post game, and and how how the Celtics go to that, and and whether he has any type of pick and roll game because I don't I can't remember a single time he he ran a pick and roll as a rookie. So 
so that there's there's a lot more to mine there and to kind of see what he'll become so no that's that's true that that's a good point i think um him as as the ball handler in the pick and roll he he's got a lot of options because he can be the ball handler in the pick and roll but he could also be the screener in the pick and roll and and i think that that would obviously add some level of flexibility because let's fast forward two or three years and you're running Fultz Brown pick and rolls and how the hell do you defend that? If those guys progress down the line and become as good as they can be, what choices do you make? And so uh, that's something that is, is that there's a lot, like you said, there is a lot that he can work on and slowly, but surely he will work on a bunch of that and, and get that. But I think a lot of those, you know he he could do he could pick one thing for one summer league and another thing for another summer league and then go take that into some off season workouts and and figure it out or maybe somebody springs for him to go uh, hang out with Akeem Olajuwon for a week and learn some <laughs> some post move uh, footwork and, and stuff like that but. I mean, for a kid that age and with his athleticism, there are a million things. He can literally work on every aspect of the game because he can go in the post. He can work off the dribble. He can pull up. He can spot up. You know, he's he, sh- he showed a, a surprisingly good ability to hit threes from the corner especially, but I, I didn't expect his spot-up shooting to be as good as it was. And it obviously could get better, but... He, he did a much better job than I expected. So he's he's got an all around game that he could work. He could work strictly on his left one summer. He can work strictly on pull up jumpers one summer. He could do all sorts of things. So the sky's the limit. I love how you're already excited about the Fultz Brown pick and roll. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> the <laughs> the, the 2019 2020 unstoppable Fultz Young pick, <laughs> Brown pick and roll. <laughs> Uh, too it's, funny. It's the long view, man. It's the long view. Yeah, who knows, man? Michael <laughs> Porter. Mike, Michael Porter. Uh, oh boy! All right. Well, for Luke, our first Luke show back, <laughs> for our first show back, I think that was good. Yeah, it's a good place to stop. Uh, we we're gonna have we're gonna be like trying to strip meat off a lot of bare bones the rest of the way here. And we're still waiting for the damn finals to start. Like, it feels like basketball is over. It's weird, but we're waiting. The finals will be around the corner. But there will be things to talk about. Remember to visit our sponsors, ZipRecruiter. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash LOCeltics to, to post your job for free to over 100 job sites. One click. They'll do all the work and get you... The right fit for your job. Also, Boston Paintball. Go to bostonpaintball.com. Use the coupon code GREEN, and you'll get $50 off a group package. And maybe your group package will include uh, someday facing down the Rain and Jays and a 23-building apocalyptic cityscape, which I would, I would love to podcast while we're, while we're paintballing through 23 buildings. Just because I, I might switch careers, become a professional paintballer, man. I, don't I didn't know. realize I didn't that know was that a thing. Option. I didn't realize that was a thing. I'd probably be terrible yeah. at that. I'm just too big of a target. It's just, and I'm I'm old and slow now. I'm not I'm not young and spry and nimble like I used to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm young and slow. So, 
Okay, we'll be back tomorrow with more. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked On Celtics Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.